Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to the Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the radio talks about revolution when it's already blind. Hey now. <laughs> that was fast. Wow. That was kind of a half-assed blah, 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 whatever you do at the start Well, I'm going right to it. You know why? Because I have Seth staying in studio oh. to expand on what he said, because I'm quite interested. I think that the, um, not, not that the overall destiny is in the hands of this decision by battle, but certainly I believe his coming back to the team, should he decide not to uh, uh, go into the NBA, has a dramatic impact on where we stand in preseason polls and how we'll play next season. So you said... Uh, and the first thing that came to my mind when you said it was he shot 80 percent in stationary shooting well that's great when you're not being guarded agree you know? so so with that said but he struggled in the scrimmaging did you get more elaboration on what that meant he or? went uh, one for five from the field during the the scrimmage portion of the workout and that's just against other college guys that are trying yes. to make it and, yes. and so on so that's not against nba players no and and he was guarded by uh, actually two guys from the acc that he played against uh, one of them josh akogi uh, from Georgia Tech. So guys he played against in the regular season. And, and how much longer will this assessment go on? Uh, it goes through the weekend. goes through the weekend. So, and then uh, you can go on team visits and, and things like that right. before May 30th when he, he would have to decide one way or the other. And is that like college where it's going to be teams that are whining and dining you invite you to come to visit a yes. team? It yes. is. Okay, so we'll, he's going to get a gauge on that by who asks him to come back, exactly. come by and see. Yeah, I, I, I think he... My point has um, has always been: I think he helps his career uh, by getting another year under Jim Beheim and playing in the ACC and getting a chance to. Uh, you know, some people have said to me, "Well, how much better is he going to do than nineteen something points a game?" But I think he could he could do he could fare much better with with a threat of outside shooting that would allow him and Brissett to explore what they do best, which is more to go penetrating and going to the basket. Yeah, you know, I, I tend to fall on the other side. I tend to fall on the, the how much better is he going to do. He averaged 20 points a game. He was an, an all-ACC-type player and, and voted second-team all-ACC. I don't know how much better he'll do in that regard. And to the to the shooting, I think he showed, uh, even though it's you know stationary, taking a ball off a rack, and even though there's nobody in your hand, uh, no hand in your face, I think he showed that he can shoot that. And, um, you know, last year, I think a lot of his shooting percentage problems came from he was option one, two, and maybe even two and a half to three sometimes mm-hmm. on that team. So he was shooting so much, right? And, and he was putting up so many difficult shots at the end of shot clocks and whatever uh, that it that it diluted his percentages a little bit. If you, if you look to the prior year when he wasn't a top option, when he was the third or fourth option, uh, you know, he, he shot four percentage points better. He was shooting nearly 40% from three. So I think some of that mattered. Hmm. Interesting. I think also... Uh there's two other factors that come into play. Number one, what does the guard play? It's a, it's a guard-heavy year. Um, so they, they have projections of who's going to pr- attempt to go pro next year in Division One college basketball. I think he fares better against that field myself. And number two, um, don't underestimate, although Syracuse surprisingly went further in the tournament than, than anyone expected being a bubble team that wasn't even supposed to make it in, I think that... Uh, uh, a team that's ranked in the top 10 and that gets him national attention brings more attention to him as a draft pick. I think he goes in the first round. Uh, obviously, he's not going anywhere near a first round, which means he's going to the G League at $36,000 a year. 
Um, you know, again, it, it's 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 kind of a toss up. I'm hoping that he decides to come back to Syracuse. Yeah, look, I, I agree with you. If you're on a top ten team, you're going to get recognized more. You're going to get more of a spotlight on you. I tend to think that I I tend to keep thinking that I would if if I were in that position, I would be going. Uh, at, at the worst, he's going to be a second-round pick. And and if you look at the numbers recently, most college players who get picked in the second round get some kind of guarantee, whether that's two years uh, or three years. They get some kind of guarantee on, on their contract. So even if you are in the G League, you're still getting your NBA money. You're still getting a, four, uh, a two- or three-year guarantee. I, I tend to think that it makes more sense to go. I think you develop faster at the NBA when that's all you've got to do and you don't have hours restrictions in the gym and you don't have you know classes getting in the way and, and things like that. You know, I, Personally, I would, I would be leaving. Even if you're a second-round pick? Yes. Even though you could make a ton more money? Here's the thing, though. Whether you're a first-round pick or a second-round pick, it's all about getting to the second contract as fast as you possibly can, right? No, because, no, 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 no. Because nobody's making their money off the first contract. No, no, it's no, all no, about no. getting to the second contract. No, 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 no. You're forgetting about the signing bonus. So No, it's what? all it's all slotted. It doesn't matter. It's all slotted in. No, first, I'm, I'm pretty first sure. First overall pick make, has a cap on it. Second overall yeah, it's pick not has like, a cap on it. It's not like baseball where you yeah, get a signing bonus. They've all got house. slots and, and caps. Mm, I'm gonna look into that. Quick question too. When's the last time Syracuse? I know I'm, I'm breaking my own rule. Last time Syracuse returned five starters. I've early eighties. I shot that out to, to Mike Waters because that hasn't happened. And if he comes back, it'll, Syracuse will have five starters yeah. returning. For and, I think I think and Mike two actually, guards that can shoot three pointers. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Mike actually wrote about it recently. But it, it was I, I want to say like eighty one, eighty two. <sighs> Something around, something around there. That's, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of teams that lost guys too. Duke lost how many guys this year? But yeah, but they everyone. Yeah, and then they <laughs> brought in the top three. Right, but they got guys the that are in the top three that are freshmen. So four of the top ten. Yeah, yeah, but they're all freshmen. Listen, there's a big difference when you walk out on that field, you walk out on that court, and you're 18 or 19 versus 21. There was a big difference. The light doesn't shine quite as spot spotty in your eyes when you're on the foul line with the game on the line on a one on one. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's a different league. So you had you, you had some stuff you want to talk about. Well, I also wanted to talk about this uh, Robinson. He, he Seth hosts uh, Yankees on deck. This Robinson Cano story where Teixeira is saying that he he's not surprised by it. So basically, he knew. Yes. Well, if he knew, then why is he- why is he talking now instead well, I, of then? I thought the interview was really interesting. It was with the Michael K. show yesterday, and, and they asked this question. Like, they didn't just let it slide. Like, oh, I knew about Robinson Cano. They they basically said, like, why don't people speak out? And he said that you can uh, – it's a really tough position because you yeah. – there's the brotherhood uh, of the players' union, right? It's, it's not just the 25 guys in the locker room. It's it's the 400 guys, 500 guys around the league that, you know, you, you – feel some kind of a connection to and and uh some kind of a uh you know a sense of togetherness of like hey we're in this fight together and, and if you out one all of a sudden you become like the pariah and and uh you know it's 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 a he, he was basically saying it's a very uncomfortable position to be in in the locker room to go and out one of your teammates <coughs> well and that and that and that's true and this is why jose canseco even after that was over was ostracized because he came out with a book and he talked about and and you know there's a side of that. I get the whole camaraderie and the team and don't rat on your boys and blah. But there's a side of that too that took a lot of guts, you know, to say what he did and to go. Look, I know, uh, you know, even some of my own teammates. We shared stuff and we did. You know, I know they did it. Um, you could also argue he had nothing to lose at that point. 
You know, if if you're a player in the locker room, you got a little more to lose than there's what a big Jose difference did. between st- sitting on the stand and saying, "I take the fifth, which means you know you're guilty, but you don't say it. And the guy says, "Yeah, man, I did it. I'm sorry." You know what I mean? So th- there's the difference, and and so we all know what was going on. We all know. Does, uh, to me, it does not detract or, or or take anything away from Barry Bonds or any of the other guys or Rafael Palmeiro, who guys who who are threatened to knock it in the Hall of Fame. You know, as a result of this asterisk next to their name. But when you when you think about, and this is something that no one talks about, when you think about the number of guys that batted 275 lifetime that probably would have batted 230, you know, and, and only hit 240 home runs and they would have hit 100, that were all doing it too. And none of them are eligible for the Hall of Fame because they weren't stars in the game. But they were all, a lot of guys. It's, it's almost impossible, you know, for a lineman to carry that kind of uh, a muscle mass on his frame without having some kind of help. It just, it's, it's hard, you know, to compete at that level. I'm not saying no one does it. But again, I, I implore people to watch Icarus, that amazing documentary. That's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. And, and, and it's a real accurate depiction of if you want to get into that elite group, everybody else is doing it. They're yeah. doing it. Lance did not do that on his own. He did not dominate that way. He took a, he had some performance enhancing drugs that helped him get to where he was, as do all of them. So, you know, it's now a matter of how crafty are you to get around it. Um, but 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 here's the thing that I think has changed for me. And what has changed for me is there was a time because it was alcohol and it was partying during the Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra, those guys. They partied hard. Namath and Mantle. They had Mantle men and Namath women was an organization in New York. You know, and those guys, they'd go out till four in the morning and show up for, for you know, at the ballpark from being out. If it got out of hand and affected you, that's where a captain and a small group of the guys would meet up with the guy for dinner and go, hey, bro, come on. You know, we got a series to win. We got... I don't think that happens much anymore. I think people are so afraid of addressing those kinds of issues with individual endorsement contracts and how com- complicated it is. I think that's the kind of stuff that needs to come back. I don't think you have to go to the Players Association. You have to go to somebody else in the in the um, executive wing of the team. I think the players need to do things like that. I think you need to pull a guy aside and say, hey, you know, you got to stop. This is getting really, really bad. Yeah, well, I I don't know, you know that those are or aren't happening. I, I would say that in this situation, it's probably a little different to go up to a guy and be like, "Hey, you know, you were out a little too late last night. You know, I I could see you dragging a little bit this morning. You know, maybe don't do that." Like what somebody probably did to Matt Harvey a couple of weeks ago when they were in San Diego, and the report came out that he had partied the night before in in L.A. Uh, you know, I think there's a difference between that and like, "Hey, I know I know what you're putting in you. Like, let's let's cut this out." I think there's a little bit of a difference between in those two, isn't there? Yeah, well, you know, th- there's there's also, uh, and this is not something I can say I've confirmed, but look at in the in the early to mid '80s, go back and watch NBA footage and see how many guys are bald. How many guys in the league are bald by '89? How many guys in the league are bald? And if you watch them stand at the foul line and put their hands up for for a foul shot, the guys that are on the on the uh, on the rebounding end. They don't have any armpit hair either. They don't have any leg hair. Where are you going with it? Yeah, that's what (laughs) I was wondering. I'm about to tell you why. Because then all you can do is test their urine. So urine only masks, can show up certain drugs for a certain amount of time. Your hair is a genetic map of every drug you've taken in your body. So by cutting all your hair off your body, you can no longer be tested for things like marijuana, cocaine, so on and so forth. You only can depend on the urine test. So what a lot of guys found... Then you can take the pill like Robbie Cano did to flush flush yourself out. 
And so you can only get it, really, what's the guy done in the last week? Now, if you don't think you're a Chicago Bull and you have a couple of big star players who happen to shave all their hair off their body and they turn around and they go, heads up, Friday they're coming. I'm aroused and, and confused right now. So, <laughs> so, so on a Friday, they would tip them off on a Monday. The league is going to test you. The league does not want you if you're Jordan, Pippen, whoever you are. They don't want you to test positive. No. So they leak to you that they're going to test you. You make sure you don't do anything Monday through Thursday. Friday, you take the test. Your urine is clean and you're gone. Now, had you been able to take a hair off that person, you'd know what they were doing depending upon the length of the hair for many, many months. And that's why a lot of guys ended up taking all their hair off their body. Look at look at the footage. It's really interesting. And I know this from a guy who I know who played in the league and went, oh, yeah, we all shaved. We didn't want to be able to give a hair sample. <laughs> There's no, there's no way. All right, before we go to break, hat, hat tip Mike Waters on this stat. 2000 was the last time Syracuse had all five starters returned, but that year Tony Bland replaced Alan Griffin in the starting lineup, so it was a different starting lineup. And prior to that, it was 1983. There you go. That's that's. I remembered. Okay, that's that's what I was going off of the, the second Griff? part of that. Oh, yeah. I want to know why they pulled Griff. <laughs> I love Griff. So. We'll, uh, take I'd a- rather be Griff right now than Tony Bland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You should see yeah. Griff's face when we went down to do the the, the, the little shoot around game at, at Carmel Center. Oh yeah! And underneath my warm up, I had a Georgetown Hoyas war yes. shooting shirt on, and Griff goes, oh, "What the hell is he thinking, man? Coming in here with that thing on?" Is Tony Bland in jail? I think so. He's got, he's, he was one of the assistants who was arrested yeah, yeah, he in got September. Caught, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a, he got caught up in the FBI probe. For, so and they put, him, a- they put him in jail. Well, he was yeah. He you was like, do some real bad stuff with the feds put you in jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really bad he was doing stuff. like he may I think be he was a legend bail, of like wire fraud and, and like yeah. that like that's the level of the stuff that he was alleged to have done. All right, we'll take a break. Hopefully Joe Salzone has a so what for us and Dave Pash from ESPN will be on at ten thirty. So that's Bingo. Big show. We're giving you more than the latest in sports. Oh, yeah. We're helping you lower your standards and expectations. Just as I thought. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. Follow the NBA playoffs on ESPN Radio AM 1200. I'm so excited. It's time for... Um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control and I just can't... Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio. You understand the me? Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, we're back. And police have arrested the self-proclaimed escort queen at the center of a sex scandal involving the University of Louisville's basketball team. Prosecutors say Katina Powell stole checks totaling over $2,900 and tried to cash them last month at a liquor store. It's not a show, but I'm going to tell you why. Katina is a lovely young woman. (laughs) (laughs) I will personally vouch for her and look at my credentials. Why would she wait so long to cast them? Like, why didn't she do it wait, right some, when they gave it to the her studio? before the investigation? Why? Why'd she wait? Forrest is here. Forrest to- chiming in on hookers. See what it takes to get him going. You know, I traveled to Louisville a lot, and there's actually a liquor store called Package Liquors down there, and I laugh every time I drive by it. Well, I think the answer to the question that, that, that was that was asked, Package Liquors, um, is is uh. uh 
Is that is that th- she's going to bring more attention to what she's going to have the book that's going to come out. She's going to have the website. She's going to have, she'll be an advisor. You know, you'll see. It's crazy with the social media thing. So, you know, you hang on. This is the Monica Lewinsky. Poor Monica. She was, you know, the, the power of the president took her aside and exploited that ability. But meanwhile, she took her soiled dress or shirt oh boy. and put it in a plastic bag and put it in a safe deposit box the morning after she had sex with Bill Clinton to secure his DNA. That wasn't planned? So this girl's cashing these checks. There's a reason why this is all going on now. She's got, what are the names on the checks? You know, Let's, <laughs> let's wait till that comes out. Alcoholic? Yeah, totally. You should name your book Securing the DNA. <laughs> the Daniel Baldwin story. <laughs> it might be just be called the DNA play. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, ACC coaches met recently. They uh, made some suggestions. They want to expand the NCAA tournament to 72 coaches. They want to push back. The- 72 teams. 72 teams? Sure. We'll go with that I one, I like too. it. Okay. I like that. Uh, pushing back the three-point line and widening uh, the lane. I like all of those. I think you got, uh, push go into the NBA and let them shoot from the NBA. They're that good, and it'll eliminate the guys that can get away with shooting a you know the shorter nineteen foot shot. That's a f- for sure. And I have always said that basketball will be the one sport and the only team sport that will actually at some point, probably, and in my lifetime, baseball hardened the ball for sure. They wound it tighter af- after the the, the strike, um, so they wanted to see home runs. Every stadium, Yankee Stadium, used to be five hundred and ten feet to center field. Now it's you know four ten or four twenty. I mean they've so reduced it. They want to see the ball fly out of the park. In football, offensive linemen can extend their hands, and it used to have to do like the old the old uh, plastic characters with your fists on your chest, and you weren't allowed to use your hands. Why? Because they want the quarterback to have more time because it's more exciting to see the ball thrown. Basketball will raise the rim. They will make the basket higher than ten feet before. 2030. So they're going to have to. Guards are six foot ten now. I agree. And I, got, I, I think you're going to have to make it harder to score inside. I do. Oh, and you got guys who are me. coming. <laughs> they're booing Daniel Baldwin's take and yeah. raising the rim. You know, I think I think it'll go to ten two or something that makes it a little harder. Well, because you got to look at guys are con- like you said, taller, bigger, faster, and people are going to be able to dunk. Better than LeBron James can. People are going to be able to jump higher in ten years. That's what I think. I think the athlete continues no. to grow as it has. So look at the average basketball player that played in the NBA in 1955. Do you think he could play now? I'm more into the uh, extending of the the field of the NCAA tournament because I think it's better if they do that. Uh, if they do two first fours, I'm in. I'm in with that. It might get more mid majors and might get more mid majors in, or it'll put more teams that are good. From the Power Fives in, like a Syracuse that could just happen to uh, make it to the Sweet 16. Do you think it's a coincidence that they did that the year that a 16 finally beat a 1? And they look at how many people are ravenous to watch this tournament. And so what it boils down to is, can we pull it off at an expense that makes the te- the television revenue worthwhile doing it? And the answer is absolutely. People will watch Butler play whoever in, in a play-in round because they want to see the tournament. So they want that Cinderella, Loyola, Chicago, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think yeah. I think it's probably overall it's good. I don't think many of these teams that are going to be expanded have a shot at winning it. But you never know. Hall of Famer Terrell Owen says it, quote, doesn't make sense that Cowboys head coach Jason Garrett still has his job. Garrett took over halfway through the 2010 season, and the Cowboys have reached the playoffs exactly twice since then. 
I don't know what the relationship with Jones is with him. He's got to be a bit of a pet or a favorite because I got to kind of say I agree. What <laughs> da- yeah. you know, Dallas is America's team. They've had a short leash on coaches before, but yeah. uh, since Landry, who was a, a, a legend, um, and uh, even he, they kind of. He's got nudes of Jerry Jones. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. There could be a sexual relationship between them. The hush money. I'm not sure. But something, something. Why are they holding on to this guy? He hasn't done anything. Yeah, Stephanie not so what? Because like you said, what have they done? Yeah. You're playing the music, aren't you? No. You're playing the music. No, yes, you are. No, I'm not. You're yes, taking, you, you are. you got to play the music, actually, when take, you hear it. I've never seen dog. that expression on Paulie's face His before. His takes just take forever. And it drives <laughs> you crazy. I smash your face yeah. into the table. They don't smash take. your face wow. into the table. Oh, I get told God. to slow down. I get told to go faster. It's like... <laughs> you get told to enunciate. You get told, to, how about television? Yeah. <laughs> how about McDonald's? Wow. That's you terrifying. want fries with that? <laughs> wow. Wow. But think about what the radio and TV hit he'd be in South Carolina. Oh, yeah. He'd be huge. He'd be gigantic, man. Just move to a southern state and just do exactly what Today you're doing now. Today in the news, the Gamecocks won 21 You wouldn't believe this punt return. <laughs> you want an apple pie with that? What was this ESPN Savannah? Well, someone with a 4.0 GPA working at McDonald's. That makes perfect oh, sense. Oh, oh. Well, f- well, flash the 4.0 he's GPA. Stats he's he's dropping stats. Uh, yeah. He's dropping stat, but meanwhile, that's at Cayuga State or wherever. Where are you Four going? Cayuga Community College. Three out of a hundred. Four point oh. Thank you. Know what? I want to. Congratulations. I'm going to take you. Come to Shaughnessy's tonight. I'll buy you. You should be. You should be here at Shaughnessy's tonight. You want? You really want me? Yeah. To go? I'll buy you some pretzel. Listen, pups. if you want to expand the brand that is known as Forest, <laughs> if you want to expand Forest, if you want to become Bubba Gump Forest Shrimp or Bubba Gump Radio. You need to show up at these events. I'm just saying. Will, that's up to you, you what you do you with your career. If you want me to go, I will go. If you want to work for Lisa for the rest of your life, well, then you I make that a, choice, too. I got a 4.0, thank God. <laughs> I, thank God it's a 4.0, because yeah. I can't count that's, to five. That, that, <laughs> wow. Lisa, Lisa, wow. In five years, wow. Lisa's going to be the manager of a Kentucky Fried Chicken, so uh, just yeah. be ready. When I run out of fingers, that's when it gets tricky. <laughs> yeah. I love you, Forrest. Yeah. Well, man, he's messing, man. Come on. I know he's I know he's you're, my, you're, 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 you're my comedian. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Uh, take it like a man. I'm taking it. Take it like a man. All right, call we got to bu- take a break. Call me Bubba. No, we got another. I've got, I've got, we got one more. So We've what? got a guest. We've got another right. so what to it. Don't listen to him. He's only the producer of the show. Uh, the Royal Wedding is this weekend. A lot of different merchandise being uh, created. One that has caught people's attention, condoms. Royal Wedding Condoms. Oh, I like it. Is Megan is Megan like ribbed? <laughs> or is she like? That's, that's stupid. Why would you try to get to the point? Hurry. <laughs> I forget Three, the word. Two, one. Because they're not going to be using condoms oh on the honeymoon. What? Like, but they're not for the wedding. Why, why would you try to promote condoms at a wedding? When they're not going to be using condoms at all. It doesn't make what sense. What are you talking about? I don't think they're using the condoms first. <laughs> I think that there's like a memorabilia thing yeah. that you get to buy a Megan and Harry. See? I'm, so. I'm not good with this, but algebra. <laughs> I got a 4.0, but I struggled in family and health and human sexuality class. 
Thank goodness for my A-plus in shop. <laughs> Did you miss the Daniel Baldwin show? I'm about to cross over to LeBron James, maybe the greatest player ever. Boy, that matters so much to Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. He's got a video where he's holding up the rings and saying, you know, you're missing something and you're this, that. And I think to myself, he's not in my top three greatest players of all time. Wow. Not even in my top three. Whoa. Don't throw water on that fire. It'll spread all over. That I know, so I know Michael. I've known him a long time. Fire. <laughs> the Daniel Baldwin Show, 10 to 11 morning on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Syracuse football plays here. And into the end zone. Touchdown, Orange. ESPN AM 1200. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, and we're back. And Forrest ran out to go uh, try to find a headset so he could participate in the call-in. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that was, we're in a radio station. There's 6,000 headsets in each, and he, uh, here he comes. Look at him. Welcome back. Leader in sports, ladies and gentlemen, ESPN. The leader in sports. Is Dr. Dave on the phone yet? Yeah, we got Dave Pash uh, from ESPN on the phone. Dave, how are you? Hey, good. Uh, Daniel, I'm sorry you have to work with Polly, but otherwise this is an honor to be on with you, man. Ben, let me tell you something. To be able to say that I have you on the show, as I tweeted out, is really an honor to me. Uh, take us through. I want to get right to it because I want to. I want to ask you uh, a couple of questions. So, Phoenix gets the big pick. What's your impression of it? Well, I think. Look, man. Yeah, if it were me, I saw Deion in person about ten times this year, and I. I think. He's a he's a once in a lifetime type player. You know, there are several college coaches that played with or against David Robinson. One of them being Avery Johnson, and Avery told me that you know he reminds him of David Robinson with a better jumper. Uh, Dane Altman, who is coached at Oregon now for a decade, said he's the best player to come in the Pac-12 since he started coaching there. So, I think you know you watch the Rockets Warriors series and. I think a lot of people see that and they say, you know, there's no need for a big. But when you have somebody like Aiton, who is probably uh, along the lines of a Joel Embiid who can do so many different things, um, I, I just don't think you pass up that kind of talent when you have the first pick. Yeah, he's going to be an impressive player. You know, uh, the game has changed so significantly. And and, and, and i, I got to tell you, I, I'm not a huge fan. I remember, uh, and I'll tell you the story quickly, um, my brother Billy's son, Vance, who plays in high school, we have our traditional, we all get together for two weeks, the first two weeks of August. And, of course, I have to rumble down to the Y and play one-on-one against Vance. Well, now he's a high school player. You know, he's a varsity, 16. He's 6'3". I'm 6'1". I'm 57 and fat. And so how I could push him around and muscle him around and get away with things to – last year's the first time he beat me. And, you know, and I walked away from that going, Jesus Christ, it's going to be every year now. It's going to get worse. But he does this. He's got the ball at the top of the key, and he's between his legs, and he's dribbling, and he's looking, and he hasn't, and he dinks just a little bit like he's going to go. And finally, I looked at him and went, "Is any of that going to contribute to you shooting the ball or going to the hole? Because it's great to watch. It's great to watch the preliminary Curry between his legs nine times and blah blah blah. But if he had played when I watched basketball more feverishly during the Bad Boys era and the Lakers and Celtics stuff." We would not be talking about Stephen Curry in the same dialogue. Not that he's not a great shooter. Not that he doesn't have handles. But if he drove to the ball against Detroit, they'd have knocked him on his ass so fast at 140 pounds that he would have thought 
much, much more carefully about, and you'd be able to guard him a little tighter from three-point range because he wasn't going to drive to the basket without paying. And Michael Jordan is right when he says, they will never know what it was like to be me during that era and have to face that kind of heat inside when you drove to the basket and what you had to pay. And they allow it to go on now. They allow it to, you know, they call everything. I guess the league wants it to go that way. I miss having physicality. I miss the presence of a Patrick Ewing and a a skilled center in a game now. They've taken that away from the game. I work with uh, Bill Walton on college basketball, and you remember, obviously, you mentioned the Celtics. Um, hey, Dave, your phone's gotten out on us. Um, remember back when would play and the stars would fly? Remember? All right, we'll have to have Joe call him back and yep. tell him to call in on a on a landline. Yeah, we're, get, we're, we're struggling here, you, Dave. So, so uh, we'll get that all straightened out. But the, the bad boy thing... Curry would have that happen, but he he'd still be able to shoot. Can you call Dave back and tell him that his phone's cutting out on us? Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Uh, no, no. Listen, listen. I'm I, again. Don't, please don't misunderstand. Like I'm dissing Curry. No, I get that, but uh, uh, but but the fact of the matter is, you have to respect when you when you have the combination. It's a lethal combination, especially in the way the league is set up refereeing now. So when you're that quick, which he's that quick, but because he's such a threat from three point range. You can't get honest right up in his grill. You, you, you ha- or rather, you have to play it honest and take a step back, which he only needs this minimal space because he's got such a quick release and he's so deadly. But had he been that threat back in the 80s and even in the early and mid-90s, they would have sent a guy out there and said, don't worry if he gets by you, we got him. And, and, and it wouldn't have been that he was collapsing off of him. It would have been that they would have knocked him down. And listen, when you get knocked down four times a game for 40 games, 60 games, you start thinking to yourself, do I want to go to the basket right now? You know, you look at the guys that are playing defense on you and you say, that guy's Dennis Rodman, he's going to, and Lambeer, they're going to corral me. And they would have, I mean, they're not talking about a good foul. I'm talking about knocking him to the ground. That doesn't exist in the game anymore. All right, we got Dave back. Dave, you were telling us about Bill Walton and the physicality of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, when Bill played, obviously, you, you know, the stars would fight, right? I mean, there would be times you go back and you watch that uh, ESPN 30 for 30 document on the Lakers Celtics, and you'd see, you know, McHale and Magic throwing punches. And, you know, now, obviously, you know, you do anything, and it's a flagrant one or a flagrant two, and you're kicked out. So, you know, the game, the game is still physical, but it's not physical the way you guys are talking about it. And I think you're right. I think it'd be harder for a guy like Steph Curry to be an MVP candidate year in, year out back then. But I also think there are guys now like Kevin Durant that you didn't see back then. Guys that are seven feet, who can handle the ball, who can shoot, who can do, who can defend. You didn't have that 20 years ago. So I think you got to take the good with the bad. There is a difference. It, it may not be as physical after the whistle, but you're also seeing some skills that you didn't see back, you know, in the 90s and 80s. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. He, he, the, this is why earlier what you weren't privy to hear was I said, I think basketball will be the only sport of the major team sports that at some point will probably have to raise the rim. And I really believe that because you've got guys handling the ball now. You know, God bless Bob Cousy and these guys. Would they play in the NBA anymore? Do you think that they could play in the NBA? And my answer to this, I don't think so. 
I don't think that Bob Cousy would play in the NBA. Now, that's sacrilege to say in Boston, but did he have the hops? Did he have the skills handle the ball? He was a great outside shooter. They did deed him up, and he never, he never would have played in the NBA. I don't believe he would have at his height. Now you've got guys that can shoot as well as Bob Cousy shooting a set shot that can jump 40 inches on their vertical and, and can penetrate and drive, and, 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 they're, and they're six foot nine, and they're playing guard. So at some point... I really believe while they hardened the baseball, while they allowed you to extend your hands to block an offensive lineman to make the passive proliferation, um, I think what you're looking at is that basket's going to 10-2 or 10-4 before the year 2030. I, I, think, I don't think they can avoid it. Well, I think the other thing is, is that sometimes we don't talk about is how things are different defensively. So, I mean, you mentioned somebody like Bob Cousy. Now, I, I didn't see Bob Cousy play other than highlights, but... You know, you have to be, you watch this Rockets Warrior series, and you got to be able to defend multiple positions because they're switching. I mean, they're switching every single play almost. So you can't, you know, if you're six feet tall and slow and you switch and you get on Kevin Durant, it's over, right? I mean, you got to be six, four, six, five. You got to be quick and you have to be physical to fight through screens. And, you know, again, that's part of the game that's changed defensively. And I think that's why the Warriors are so good. Everybody talks about their offense, but it's their defense when they switch. We're looking at that Western Conference Finals. Uh, We've got a $5 bet, which is my annual salary here at ESPN. (laughs) Do do you you think that uh, the Rockets have a chance of winning that series outright? No, I don't. I really don't. I, I thought going into the series that, it would be a six- or seven-game series. But I just think the Warriors are so good defensively. Um, obviously, they have the best player. Uh, in my mind, they have the best player in Kevin Durant. Now, James Harden's the MVP. Um, he'll win that award. But I still think Kevin Durant's the best player. I think we, because of the way LeBron played this year, and he played at a ridiculous level for his age and continued that into the playoffs and, and what Harden did in the regular season, we've kind of forgotten about KD. And, you know, this guy was the finals MVP last year. To me, he's the best player in the NBA. So they have the best player. They have a healthy Steph. Um, and again, defensively, they are the better team. And I think that's why they win the series. Go ahead. Hey, uh, the, the next question I have to ask is going to lead into the LeBron sweepstakes out of that. Do you think that the Houston Rockets have a chance of getting him or do they want? And if they, if they win, do they need him? Oh, I can't wait to talk to him about this because we have a bet on this, too. <laughs> I don't think he's going to Houston. I, I think he's going to L.A. I really do. I, I just think there's too much talk about it. I think I think it's happening. I, that's I you know even if they come back and win the series and get to the finals, which they could do, uh, I, I would not be shocked by it. And I, I think I just my opinion. I think he's done in Cleveland, and I think he ends up in L.A. Houston. They'd have to they, they, the guys they'd have to give up and and all that. I, I just. I, I don't know that it's a fit there uh, because you already got two ball dominant players and Chris Paul and James Hart. Now you're going to add LeBron. It just doesn't seem like it would work there. Well, and and here here's why. I, and again, this has to do more with a personality issue when it comes to LeBron. LeBron made and 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 I know as a, as I'm sure you know 
there's a lot of stuff that happens behind closed doors that we don't know about. And so with that said, the question really becomes, how important is it the last couple of years for LeBron James? He goes to L.A. He's bought a $23 million home there. There's a real indication that he wants to do the Shaquille O'Neal type of producing movies. Whether he's behind the scenes, he wants to pave the path for the next 30 years of his career as a businessman and LA seems to be the place that he would like to do that in that that given how bad will it matter to LeBron James that he's in the NBA finals or a candidate to get in the NBA finals for the two or three years more that he'll play and in LA unless you're going to get Quan unless you're going to get somebody else that he knows behind closed doors we're going to get we're going to get him we're, we we've made it we've talked with the Spurs yeah. unless you're going to add that other level of a player to the Lakers the Lakers are not going to get to the conference finals in the west just with LeBron James with the current roster that they have so that's a given so the personality equation of this comes into how important is it for his ego to go and threaten and end his career beating Steph Curry which was this will be the magic uh, uh, Larry, you know, thing of our era, years to come when we're making 3030s, it'll be, it'll be those two really, even more, I think, than Kevin. The, the, you know, I think it's going to be the different types of style of play. I think he goes to Houston and that puts him in the conference finals immediately, which they're already good enough to go to anyway. So I think that, I think he is the factor in Houston. I just don't know whether it matters enough for him to win. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not in his head that way. You know, I yeah. remember I remember when the L.A. got Shaquille from Orlando, and everyone said, well, how are they going to pull that off with Kobe and the contracts and two you know, sheriffs in one town? And what they did was Jerry Buss called the people, his friends over at Disney, and said, we want this guy, and we can only pay him, and there's a lottery to get him. He's that kind of an impact player. If we get him, we win rings. How do we get him to L.A.? And Disney signed a $100 million production deal with him to do Shazam and to do Shaq's Deaf Comedy Jam, which are still running today. He's still collecting money from that contract. So they went outside the NBA and lured him with more money than they could sign him. Anyone else had the influence to do. That also may be the influence that brings LeBron there. Who knows what Genie Buss and the, and, the, and the powers that be are doing to see him play in Los Angeles. And you can't compete with that because that's 30 years of income. Man, you make some valid points. I mean, I, again, that's I'm with you on on the LA, and I also think too. Look at what Kobe's doing. I don't know if you guys have caught that at all. Uh, detail. I mean, obviously he won he won an Emmy. Um, so, I mean, I think there there's some of that that you know LeBron wants to do uh, some things. He's already got his own you know production company basically, uh, but I think they'll get somebody else. I think they'll get somebody else in LA, and I think he has he, his mindset is he has to win. I, I don't think contract um just playing to play and to do extracurricular activities that's not in his dna the guy hates to lose i agree i agree that's why i just don't think la can get him but don't be surprised they're saying that they would only san antonio will only ship him to a uh an east coast team they're not going to send him to somebody that they'll play against in the division I don't know. Money talks. L.A. definitely has the money. Genie's ready to write a check. So someone's coming with him. Someone's coming if he oh, goes yeah. to Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's Paul George. I think it's Paul George. Uh, Dave, I think that's the combination. We got Dave Pash from ESPN with us, also the voice of the Phoenix Cardinals. Do you see him? I'm a Sixers fan, and we always have this discussion. Do you think the Sixers are in play Never going to happen. Never no, gonna I, re- happen. I think it's a possibility. I, I really do. <laughs> Never going to happen. Because here's the thing, LeBron, think about it. You're going to sign a max deal, so if he goes elsewhere, it's four years. 
Uh, Cleveland obviously can pay him the most, but he goes elsewhere. So in, in years three and four, I mean, look at his body, what he's doing in year 15 at his age, 33, is remarkable. What happens at age 36, 37? And that's why I don't think the Houston thing works because you got now two guys with that, Chris Paul and LeBron, in the latter years, you know, at age 36, 37. He may have to take, you know, his role changes, I think, at that age. If you're in Philly with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, you can be the third guy. You don't have to be the lead guy. And I think that's the same in L.A. with the Lakers because I do think they have a good young nucleus there. See, and, um, and, I think those two, those two places offer you that where Houston doesn't. See, and, and, and I agree with you, except for one factor that I'm going to throw into my prediction. See, I think you send Chris Paul out and you bring LeBron in. I don't think you're going to see all three of them play in Houston. I think what they're going to do is they're going to hold on to the bearded one. They'll add LeBron to it with somebody younger in the lineup, and and Chris Paul won't be there anymore. That's where you don't have to worry about the three guys in the same position sharing the ball. But can you win if it's just LeBron, Harden, and so if you're going to make so you answer so you so you answer the question answer the question for me if you're making your lineup tomorrow to have to go against KD and Curry, and you turn around and you say, I'm going to start Harden and Chris Paul or Harden and LeBron James. Who starts? You know the answer to that question. Well, yeah, you're better with <laughs> you, LeBron, you but, know, I, you know but the again, answer I think that Chris Paul is a great player. No, I'm, so not, I, 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 I'm not taking that, but I'm not taking that from you. But if you have to make that lineup, you're going to go ahead and take LeBron over Chris Paul, which puts you, again, they're already in the finals in the Western Conference Finals against them. So what's going to be the edge? You said KD. I'll have KD get guarded by LeBron James and let them go one-on-one with each other for a while. That's, a good, that's an interesting matchup. Dave, before we let you go, you're the voice of the Cardinals, too. You guys got Josh Rosen. Uh, a lot of people think the most NFL-ready quarterback out of the draft. Uh, what's the take on that out there? Yeah, I think he. I, I think I think the Cardinals got maybe the steal of the draft. I really do. You know, they're raving about him already, and it's day three of OTAs. I mean, he's uh, he's got a, a grasp of the offense already. He's got incredible accuracy and poise. Um, the guys already respect him. Now he's not going to be the starter unless Sam Bradford is not healthy. But I think we're going to be talking about this kid. For years to come, I, I think they hit a home run. They needed to. They had to risk it, move up, and take somebody. I'm not sure he was their first choice. Um, I think Josh Allen might have been, but the guy they got may end up being better. So, right, I think so we, we, got a, we, we got an added, an added bonus. We're not even going to go to break for this one. Dave, so, Dave do you want to stay on the line? So want to stay on the line for me because here's what we're doing. My brother Alec just had a baby, and we're wondering. He loves Polly. Paulie the Mole. So we sent him a text. Is there any chance that you'll name the baby the Mole? Or Paulie. And calling in right now to the show, Big Al, you there? I'm there, yeah. Well, I think it's in order for it to really, uh, you know, meet all of its uh, spiritual requirements, we have to call him Paulie the Mole, Baldwin. It wouldn't Paulie's, be just Mole. It couldn't just be Mole or Paulie? He'd have to be Paulie the Mole, Baldwin. <laughs> Is, is this play in contention? What are, you, what are you guys talking about? What, what, what are you talking about in terms of the draft for the Cardinals? What you said? We, well, we've got Dave Pash on from ESPN. He's uh, he does NBA, college basketball, or college basketball, college football for him, and he's the uh, play-by-play guy for the Arizona Cardinals. He's on with us. Too. What's up, Alec? Right. Hey, man. Do you think that they stay, they stole the draft? Rosen. Yeah, Rosen. He's a great pick. He's I great. think he's a franchise quarterback and. 
I think they're going to look back at this and say that's that's the steal of the draft. How's the, how's how much time you guys? How much time do you guys think Eli has left? This is his last not, day. He, not much. He'd be smart not to much. get out after to announce. I think you'll see mid season. He's going to say, "I'm done." I think he's got two years left. In you him. think two? Yeah. No, God, I think this is I, it. I think this is it. Yeah. How about you, Alec? How long do you think Eli's got left? Uh, it depends on what kind of a year he has. I think if he gets the the tar beat out of him and they don't have a very good record, then he'll probably he should probably walk away. Yeah, <clears> I, I think it's smart for him to walk away. Actually. I mean, I'm a huge. I mean, I was a Jet fan up until uh, the '80s uh, when they would just blow every playoff game, and they were just you know Richard Todd and those guys quarterbacking that period where it was just uh, to be a Jet fan was a a terrible uh, life sentence to live with, you know. But but then I became a Giant fan reluctantly. Now I love the Giants, but uh, I love Eli, and I just think that uh, you know. Nobody plays forever. He's got to go eventually. Yeah, it's sad to watch that go because it's like a part of your history when they step down. But you want them to step down in as in as much glory as possible. Everyone wants to go out, John. He's got a couple. Rings. He's got two rings, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's got two rings. He's got two rings. He's a whole hey, what more can you ask for? You, you, everybody gets one, and they go, "Oh, it's not. It's like an Oscar." It's like oh, winning an Oscar is one thing. Winning two Oscars is to put you in a different league. All those guys are the same. They want two rings. He's got his two rings, and he can just. Walk away. He's a champion. He can walk away. It's true. I ate two hot dogs yesterday. Day two years, he might get hurt. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you don't want to go out with booing and all this, which is where he's headed towards right now. So um, that would yeah. be sad. How's the baby? You want to, you want to go again? Baby's good. My wife had a baby yesterday at one twenty p.m. We haven't named the baby yet, but I'm on my way to go see my wife in the hospital now because I had to go get some work done this morning. And I'm on my way to go get her uh, some lunch and take care of her, and then she's going to come home, I think, tomorrow, and then... Uh, the problem with having so many kids so close together is she comes home from the hospital a little tired, and the other kids just jump on top for like a trampoline all day long. So it's the, exhausting. The, the Vegas board is lighting up right now with three to one favorite that it's Paulie the Mole Baldwin. <laughs> the Paulie action the that's going on right now is incredible. You know what's so funny about my family, and you're the same way? I'm just going to call him Paulie the Mole, whatever she names him anyway. She, <laughs> she could name him. She could name him Fabrizio. And I'll be like Paulie. I'm like Mole. It's, like, it's like that great scene in Goodfellas when my cousin Paulie, my son Paulie, my brother Paulie, Paulie the Mole. I like it. And I'm already I'm already practicing to be your uh, your press secretary when you win the presidency. Oh man, that's fantastic! You could be the Godfather. You could be Paulie the Mole, the Godfather. They have to kiss the You're ring. The and all. You could be the concierge <laughs> for the family. Wow. Be the family it's exciting. It's all right. really I keep talking about sports, guys, because I'm listening. I'll talk to you later. All, all right. right. Thanks, yeah. man. All right, Dave. Sorry to bother you with that. Sometimes, sometimes yeah, Alec likes it. How dare Alec Baldwin call into the show? Hey, I got, I got to go take the kids to school. But thanks, <laughs> thanks fellas, for having me on. Okay, hey, man. Hey, thanks hey. for calling in and being on, bro. Dave, mission. Hopefully, we'll it. see you soon. Yeah, yep. man. Anytime. Take care. God bless. Well, another exciting, exciting, exciting show. I mean, really, when you think about a Friday show with celebrities just peppered all around. Forrest, anything you want? Any closing thoughts from you, Forrest? Oh, your mic's not on. Wow. I really don't care what he says. So. <laughs> We're way behind. We got to go. You you just turned him off. <laughs> yeah, I don't want Alec him talking over Dave Pash or Alec Baldwin. I wasn't going to talk him? over yes. them. You just muted him. I wasn't going to talk over them. How do you feel about being muted as a, I mean, a, a, an integral part of this show? I mean, I'm not. Upset. Everyone in the neighborhood knew about Bobby. 